Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. Because when it's game time, it's telly time. Now, here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mark Crody. Filling in for Mully on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Third down and five. Blitz coming. Fields gets rid of it. Comment on the catch. And just driving for first down yardage. Let's see where they put it down. He was stood up eventually right at the marker by Josh Metellus. And it's a first down. Bears win. Bears beat the Vikings 12 to 10. 
as we do welcome you back into the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. I am Mark Grody, and I'm working with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley here until midnight. We are talking about the Bears, and we'll get back to your calls here in just a second. Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, TJ Edwards, Jalen Johnson, all coming up with interceptions. Justin Fields with a huge third and 10 play towards the end of the game to find DJ Moore's a 36 yard play down to the 10 yard line of the Vikings. Um, eventually Cairo Santos with a 30 yard field goal and the bears win 12 to 10 over the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, let's get back to your phone calls. Let's start right there and we'll go to big money. Mo. In Elgin. What's going on, Big Money Mo? You're on the score. Big Money Mo. He's, oh, he's did we lose Big money. money Mo? After after, after all that, big, big Money's got counting to do. <laughs> all right, we'll try uh, we'll try Gunther in Texas. How you doing, Gunther? You're on the score. Hello, guys. Um, I, I I'm I'm wanting Fields to be the man. So we don't have to go through more years of rookies pain. But what I, what I noticed was he threw 37 passes and it seemed like 30 of them were sideline screens. And then in, in the first half, you get run the ball to the running backs five times only with the amount of turnovers we had, we should have had 28 points today. Yeah. I, I, there's I, the play calling was just atrocious. Thanks for the call. And yeah, you, there's been many similar calls and we've been, you know, picking apart Luke Getze's game tonight. It did not appear that he had a good night of calling plays. I will say this, guys. I mean, I understand why that was in Luke Getze's head to make that the game plan to with the short strikes and the passes based on the pass rush of the Minnesota Vikings, which got Bears quarterbacks five times in that October 15th game. So I got it again, gentlemen. It's just the in-game adjustment that seems to be lacking from from uh, from Luke Getze in this case. Yeah, Olin, I don't know about you, but just the run game, just more called runs. I think the running backs only had 16 runs. You know, I think, I don't know if Justin Fields had four or five, maybe three or three to five quarterback called runs, which I would call that, you know, part of the run game besides the scrambles and stuff like that. That's just something that to me, you know, maybe run outside. If they're stacking the box and bringing those eight guys, run some toss cracks, run your wide zone. They had a couple of the wide zones they ran. They, they, they not until they gashed them, but they had five to six yards on that. I just I would like to see more of the run game just because that's the strength of this team. That O-line is is darn good at the run game, and that's one thing I would like to see, and that would take the pressure off Justin Fields a little bit instead of the screen game. Yeah, Gunther makes all good points, right? He's kind of the way we all feel tonight. Mm-hmm. We want Fields to be the guy so we can use picks to surround him with talent, but what we saw tonight, uh, there's no way you can come to that conclusion off of what you watched tonight. And then the next question is, and this is where we're going through this is, you know, how much of this is Getzy, how much of this is Fields, right? And, and right. we don't know that because we've never seen Fields with another play caller, right? And it doesn't seem like what, we're, what, what you're saying when you're watching it is, I don't know if you had a good night, is when, when Fields goes into this, let's call it a funk, where uh, it doesn't seem to be moving the ball, it seems to be all screens. Uh, now we know that that's not just screens. We know that that's, yeah. he has three options on that play. But... It seems like Fields can't give him a play to get him going. I mean, Getsy can't give Fields a play to get him going, right? There's nothing in his play sheet. And, and you know, 
even though it's just high school and little league, I've called plays before and the, the, the players aren't doing what you've done. You kind of get stuck and you don't have anything on your sheet. So I don't know which one it is, to be honest with you, but I know we need to find out, right? We need to find out at some point which one it is when we're watching games like this because if there's a high draft pick coming, what do we do with that draft pick? Yep, no, absolutely. And and while Luke Getze is taking a beating here tonight and justifiably, I got to imagine in Minnesota right now, Kevin O'Connell is probably getting that. We talked about Flores with with the lack of pressure towards that. He's probably getting it, but but let's talk about this right now as long as we're talking about coaching critiques. Kevin O'Connell, uh, the Vikings head coach, third quarter 3-3 game, first drive of the third. The Vikings go for it on a fourth and seven. Now, they they almost got it. The Bears stopped them just short of of that. But what do you think, Olin, I'll start with you. What do you think they were thinking? Did you like it? Is What was the justification for a fourth and seven? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking in a game that's 3-3, three to three, right? And, and punt him down and his offense can't move and you give the offense a short field and the Bears make it 6-3, to three, they get three points off of that decision and you lose by two, mm-hmm. right? So like you're saying, like we were talking about earlier, I, I, I appreciate that there's some other sports radio that's suffering tonight over the <laughs> questions that they got to ask about their coaching staff and their players, right, Pat? Because yep. we go through that a lot and I watch a lot of the decisions tonight and coming to the game, I question where the Bears coach staff could match up with the Vikings. The Vikings, Grody, like you're saying, that decision, Flores' decision not to blitz, yeah. and that's their problem, yep. right? That yeah. is their problem yes. over thank there. You. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a thank you very much because we uh-huh. struggle with that. But Kevin O'Connell now, he has won a lot of games. That, you know, he's in a different position than Eberflus, right? Their record is still 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Last year they had a good year. So he's got a little bit of credit in the bank compared to Coach Eberflus. Yeah, and to me, it's just uh, I'm more of a conservative play caller and, and it would be aggressive depending on the flow of the game, how I feel about my team and stuff like that. That situation, I, I, I like the call because we stopped him, but then that also tells people, like, oh, be aggressive, be aggressive, be aggressive. What happens when you don't get it? That's a perfect yeah. example. You know, then you get you get field position at the middle of the field, uh, can try to switch the game. Like you said, Olin, that's a, that's a three-point swing. They win by two. Um, yeah, I'm just – I'm more of a conservative guy. Maybe later in the game I would be a little more aggressive. But that situation, that's one, like you said, Olin, when, when, when it doesn't go their way, you're like, thank you. Yep, now you guys <laughs> got to answer for that. you got to step at the podium after the game, and you got to answer for that. Well, that's normally Eberflus or a Bears coach that we've had in the past. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've you got and, a team that, that's not going to score more than no. two touchdowns, yep. right? And you give them the ball on a 49-yard line. Like, like that's just uh, – as Grody's saying, I mean – you, Kevin O'Connell, you're going to question him, but let's be very clear, right? Like, it's like Dan Campbell saying, that was my fault. Well, mm-hmm. he wouldn't say that if he was 2-8, and eight, right? So when you have a little credit <laughs> in the bank, when you yeah. got a little credit in the bank, you're a little, you, you can make uh, different decisions than a guy like Coach Eberflus can make. God, it would be nice to see a Bears coach get to that point where they could just mm-hmm. confidently say that they screwed up. And, yeah, I mean, a- a- indicative of the whole night – 
after the Vikings blew their attempt at a fourth and seven, the Bears get the ball at about the 45, and they end up settling for a field goal, which is the story of the night <laughs> for the Bears offense. It is all field goals tonight for the Bears, ladies and gentlemen, but they do win the game 12-10. to 10. Back to the phone lines we go for Patrick Manley, Owen Krutz, and me, Mark Grody. We go to Charlie in Plymouth, Indiana. Hello, Charlie. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. All I can say is, you know, everybody is clamoring to get rid of the coach, to get rid of the quarterback. Let me ask you a question. Um, Do you have any faith in this organization to do the right thing if they got rid of the coach? I mean, I don't. And you're going to get rid of Justin Fields. I don't know who's worse, Justin or Luke Getze. I don't know. I, I think it's 1A and 1B. You know, thank, thanks for the call. And this is a, a great chance right here to bring up, to invoke the name Kevin Warren. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Patrick, you, the caller is right. It has been business as usual forever with this Bears organization in, ter- in terms of giving yourself a chance every year to be in the postseason or in the playoffs. It's been a long time since there's been sustained success, but I think you're hearing me, Pat, that it really comes down to what Kevin Warren wants with this team. Yeah, he asked, do you have any faith that they make the right decision? I, th- I think I have much more now because he is in that building. You know, if it was the same figurehead sitting up there giving the same press conference at the end of the year, saying we're making a change, I would not feel comfortable. You know, I just – I wouldn't. Now that we have Kevin Warren, I'm still not certain that he's going to make the right decisions, whatever he decides to do, but I feel different, and I feel like he's been at successful places and turned some th- helped turn some things around, seen some success come from other teams, that I feel better about him making those decisions going forward. And I just like the new blood in there. It's been too much of the same stuff, not enough success. And to have him in there, you know, it's, it's a it, – it, I have a little more faith now. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Total, total <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. to a guy who spent uh, almost as much time as you did, Pat, there, yes, it makes total sense <laughs> yeah. what you just said. I just, yeah. <laughs> We've seen too no, much of the they, same. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, and again, too much of the same is hiring the general manager, drafting the quarterback, hiring the coach before you hire the president, yep. right? Like, that's too mm-hmm. much of the same. Like, we, ju- we just watched that. And then – the quarterback was actually drafted by a different general manager and a different coach. And, and, then, and then you wonder why the offense is broken. Like, I, I don't know. It's just we, we can go round and round with this, right? Uh, and you hate to do it on a night that, that they won the game and Justin Fields, uh, 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 you know, led them to the victory at the end of the game. No matter how bad he played, uh, that's what we're asking him to be as a multiplier. I was asking him last week to find DJ Moore at the end of games and get him the ball or keep the ball. I want to see you win it. But to your point, Pat, uh, yes, like, and you know, I, I know what the caller's talking about. Trust me, we know better mm-hmm. than anybody. 2009, they wrote a whole article. Uh, everyone was trying to run me out of the building, Pat, as you know. I said then, while I played in pads, <laughs> that the Bears had bigger problems than their coach, right? So uh, we've been saying this for years. Uh, Kevin Warren gives them new blood in that building. Was that the Baltimore game? That was the Baltimore yep. game, and I don't want to say who who wrote the Some article. Some employee I'm of the with him in the morning. Yeah. I'm on in with him in the morning. Okay. I remember that. I do remember mm-hmm. when I that whole story when that went down. That's right. They, you you said they got bigger issues. Well, when you, when Olin said <laughs> yeah. it, I was like, whoa, and then I'm like, well, he's right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I that mean, it came look, out, and it needed to be said, but it didn't change anything. But it was the truth and, and, and the right thing to say. But hey, listen, uh, Grody, some guys wait till they get out of the building and get on the radio. I didn't. Yeah, probably I know. wasn't a smart <laughs> business decision by me. Oh, right. Probably wasn't the smartest business decision. But I was on the team the next year, thanks uh, to Lovey Smith. But yep. um, these things that the callers are saying, you know, like Pat said earlier about about evaluating Justin Fields, like realize we can separate this game from the problems the Chicago Bears have, right? We yep, understand. Yep. We understand what's going on. But but you got to give them credit. I got to give Coach Eberflus credit tonight, man. Uh, that is a performance his defense put on on the road. Uh, the crowd noise is on, on Minnesota's side. And then I got to, as bad as he played, uh, again, we've been asking Justin Fields to make a play, and he did. The other yep. thing, too, guys, the last two weeks, maybe it's been the last couple of weeks, just our just – putting the two games together defensively, they've been the most physical team out there. And that mm-hmm. says a lot. You know, you, you can hear it. You can see it. And that, that's, that's Eberflus's coaching. That's getting his guys going and ready to play. And that's, that's a pat on his back because, you know, that, that's guys buying into his system and him putting together a good game plan. But when you see a team out physical another team, to me, that's them, you know, in that room, building that culture and, and having that, you know, that way about them. That's kind of fun to see. Well, and yeah, and he was definitely getting the shine on the TV broadcast as they were referring to him as a great defensive coordinator. So, and that's good because he may end up being a defensive coordinator um, in about another <laughs> year or so if he doesn't survive this season. So good for, for the Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus. But his, yeah, his defense has looked really good. Um, it makes me wonder, you know, well, a lot of things about Allen Williams. It does make me wonder what the hell Allen Williams was doing there because it seems like he really, really did nothing because the defense, there was a correlation. (laughs) Seriously, man. Oh, I'm trying to figure it all out. Uh, Guys, I don't know. That that, that was just just a shocker. That whole thing was just bizarre. And it just just shows you, too, that you you can't form an opinion on a person until you really get to know them. Because I thought Alan Williams was, like, the nicest guy in the building. But anyway... Um, we can do that whole season review in about five more games (laughs) right now. Let's get back to the phone calls and that will start with, I think, um, is it, you know, let's go to Chris in Logan square. He says he's got a hypothetical. So I want to hear what this is all about. What's up, Chris. Oh man, I skipped ahead to Chris because he had a hypothetical. All right. Um, let's go to, we'll go to Omar from California. What's up, Omar. Good morning, gentlemen, or good afternoon, or whatever it is. I'm so happy that they won. I'm not <laughs> sure that. where I am and what time yeah, it is. Good win. What I was, was going to say is yeah, a great win. Justin does need a lot of work, and he's a work in progress, but I think the coaching staff needs to go, and the reason why I say that is 2022, the Bears scored 30 points in six games, zero losses, or zero wins, excuse me. 2023, against the uh, Broncos, they were up 28-7. And then against the uh, Lions, they were up 12 points with three minutes left. And it just seems like this is musical chairs. Each one takes different turns, making just poor decisions. And then I look at Green Bay, the ultimate rivalry for the Bears in the very beginning. They come out flat. That has to be coaching and, and, and not getting these guys ready. Even tonight with Getsch, and everybody's on his um, bandwagon, and they should be, all you have to do, even a novice would know, just run the ball 
kicked the field goal. The Vikings had no momentum. Go in 12 to three with about four minutes left. It's an easy win. This team deserves better. The fans deserve better. And I think if we had better coaching, and uh, at this point in time, I, I know I heard Jim Harbaugh earlier, earlier, but I would look at him, Ben Johnson, or either Kellen Moore. I just think the way the game has evolved is going in an offensive manner. And the majority of the teams who are leading their divisions are all offensive-minded coaches. So I'll hang up, but I just think this coaching staff lacks accountability and many times direction, and it holds the players back, even in spite of them winning tonight. Well, I'll say this. I mean, if you just look at their overall record the last two years, it's not good at all. Congratulations, they won today. But to be that bad, it's everybody. That's coaching and players. And last year we understood they, they were tanking a little bit. They didn't have the talent. This year they're a little bit better, but they still haven't won enough. But, you know, you blame the coaches, but you still have to blame the players as well. That's the way I would feel in the locker room that it's not enough winning. And, yeah, those some of these games you, you, you should be able to pull out at the end and they haven't done it. But that, that's, on both, that's on both people. I mean, when you lose that much, that's on everybody. These callers aren't going to let us enjoy the win. I no, see. they're not, so man. We'll go. <laughs> but, yeah, when, when they take an overview look at what to do at the end of the year, it's not going to be off of what they did against the Vikings this week, right? It's going to be off of the Green Bay game. It's going to be off of, okay, your team came out against a Green Bay game coach, and they said they didn't have the energy or the focus, yeah. if I remember correctly, yep. that week, right? And then the loss against um, the Denver Broncos at the end of the game, right? And the play calls and – just having your team ready and ready to win games. Not all the decisions are going to be made on this game. This doesn't change a whole hell of a lot unless they come out and blank everybody, right? Coach Flues has to come out and they have to really perform in these last five weeks uh, for when he sits in front of that, that room and makes the case, right? When he sits with Coach uh, Kevin Warren uh, at the end of the year and he makes the case to be kept, uh, it's going to be the whole picture for the two years. We all understand that. Yeah, and you know one thing that they that ha- has erupted too many times this year in terms of evaluating the head coach is penalties. And you know the Bears had six penalties for 71 yards in the first half. And Patrick, I guess to their credit, they only had I think only one more penalty the rest of the game. But there have been games where you have seen sloppiness, and and that has to be taken into consideration for the coach, right? Uh, no doubt about it. And it'd be like you know, pre-snap penalties and things like that. I don't I don't grade it so harshly if it's a, a pass interference or just a true holding. The ones I look at are the pre-snap penalties when you have 12 okay. guys in the huddle. You know what I mean? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Guys jumping off sides, uh, guys not lined up properly. You know, you got too many guys on the line of scrimmage. Those are the things that I would grade harder than the ones where guys are playing hard. If they, You know what I mean? That, that they're going out there and it's an effort penalty. I don't grade those as difficult unless there's just a – it's egregious unless it's, you know, and it wasn't too bad today for me. They, they're too many, but the ones I'm really looking at for coaching is if it's guys not lining up right and you've got 12 guys in the huddles and things like that. And they had a couple of those today, but, uh, but overall, that's the way I would grade it for coaching. Yeah. And they had a lot of penalties today, but, but sometimes as Pat mentioned, uh, when you're asking your team to play on the edge and be mm-hmm. physical and be the most physical team out there and go out there and start a street fight and, and play right on the edge of, make the refs make calls, some of those you will accept, right? But uh, to Pat's point, the, the 12 men in the huddle, uh, the delay of games, the false starts, right? We had a false start after the interception, after the penalty. So uh, those things are things that, that I'm sure will come up in the coach's evaluation at the end of the year. 
Yeah, like one, one of you guys. Real quick, one I had no problem yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Javon Dexter. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He's a young man yes. who's going to oh learn. My God. I, love, I saw it. I'm like, hey, I love it. I'm okay with that. I can live with that. That's an effort penalty. He's a young man, still has to learn how to tackle an NFL quarterback. It's different than college. And I'm sure they're teaching him. But once, once he finally gets there and, and continues to hit him more often, he's going to learn how to do it. So that's a penalty I had zero problem with. And I was happy to see him actually hit the quarterback. Yeah, yeah I like that. He was giving Ed Ingram all he Yeah, could he have. was. Yes. Oh, yeah, let's definitely make a note to talk more about him when we come back. As a matter of fact, we will lead it off talking about Javon Dexter's night and just find out from the guys what they think. I also want to find out from one of these guys, too, is how does that happen? How does an extra – where is the communication breakdown when there's an extra man in the huddle? And the Bears also had a play where they had holding calls on both Terrell Smith and Jalen Johnson at one point in time. So we'll we'll tackle all of those issues. We'll continue to yeah, celebrate the Bears' win over the Vikings tonight, 12-10. to 10. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll take more of your calls as well at 312-644. 6767 along with Patrick Manley, Owen Krutz, and me, Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Back there, pulling away from center with the second for Dobbs. Long pass, far sideline, high and incomplete. He was going for Jordan Addison at about the 35 on the far sideline in Viking territory with the flag. That pass went right into the Bears bench on the far side. Personal foul, roughing the passer, defense number 99. A 15-yard penalty, automatic first down. Jervin Dexter, rookie out of Florida, picks it up. Man, Bears, self-inflicted wounds mm-hmm. here. Saw it on that last drive after the interception here. Get an errant throw, got him in third down once again. Dexter, as you said, just one of those where he's just playing football. Yeah. That's the way it felt. Man, I guess to the letter of the law, it's a 15-yarder for the Bears' big rookie, Trevon Dexter. But he gets hit up for the flag right there. Patrick Manley saying earlier he's cool with that because that's just a good play that you know that he made and definitely introduced himself to the quarterback. So that's a good play on the overall. And as a matter of fact, it is our hit of the game sponsored by Estwing Professional Tools, made in the USA for 100 years. Estwing.com. As we welcome you back in, the Bears win. They beat the Vikings 12 to 10 along with Olin Krutz. And Patrick Manley, I'm Mark Grody on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. Olin, we had just started to talk about Jervon Dexter and his night. What did you think about the big rookie? Yeah, I think he's playing better. I think he's playing better football, especially in the pass rush. Now, in the run game, uh, he still has a lot to learn about keeping his pad down and taking on double teams. But I think with his improvement, he's shown, uh, shown in pass rush. By that, I mean his hands are violent. He's really pushing the pocket. He's a load for guys inside right now. He's won a couple times. They move him out to defensive end. Uh, We talked about early in the year that I wonder if Ryan Poe saw a little Chris Jones in this young man. And it sure looks like that's how they're kind of using him, whether he's a DN or defensive tackle. So I'd like to see him get more playing time, Pat. I think that if he can learn how to pass rush like that, if you force him to start and demand he get his pad level down, he could learn that too. Chris Jones, please. Give me like 90% of him. No, but was it last week they moved him out to DN that he had the pressure close to the sack? I, he, he's, he's Against Panay Sewell, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yes, against yeah. him. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, 
Yeah. I just the improvements there, and it's just like I said earlier in the show that I'm. I was scared that it was going to go the other way because you see some rookies hit the wall, and he has not done that. He keeps improving, so that's credit to the coaching as well. To getting this young man going from a two gap system to this one gap system, and uh, you know, and, and he's he's earning the extra playing time. So, Olin, you said you would you you would start him, right? You said you would start mm-hmm. him maybe for the rest of the mm-hmm. year. And Three I think technique. I, yeah. I think he might be starting to earn yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, all, uh, and the Bears have been doing a nice job. I think a lot of times tonight I saw Montez Sweat playing that three technique, wide three like Warren mm-hmm. Sapp and Tommy Harris used to play on third down, right? And on his first sack, he was out there in that wide three, and him and Yannick Ngakwe ran a game together. So starting to mix up their fronts a little bit always helps when you get a guy with that much talent. Uh, he was dominant tonight, man. Yes. He, he caused a lot of problems out there uh, for – the Minnesota Vikings front and, and it just having a guy like that raises everybody's level. Yeah. And I think that, fans want to see like, you know, four sacks a game, like Cleo Mack had a, some dominating games or whatever, but there's a lot of stuff that he does that, you know, just, I don't think your average fan really sees like you're talking about Olin. He's helping other guys with their pass rush. Cause they got to, to, to worry about him. Um, he can move him everywhere. He's getting a lot of pressure. He's doing a great job in the run game. I, I got to give Ryan Pohl some credit. So far, for what I've mm-hmm. seen from this trade, it, it's been a darn good one. And he's what twenty? How old is he, Mark? Twenty? Javon Dexter? Oh yeah. No, 21. no, 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 no. Uh, uh, Montez Sweat. Oh, Montez Sweat, twenty six. Twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. he's got a lot of great football in front of him, right in the prime. Um, so I just got to give Ryan Pohl some credit for bringing him in when he did. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that goes at the maybe at the top of Ryan Poles' list in terms of yeah. of the good things that he's done. I think you know, I think I think one that is starting to to blossom for the Bears in the plus column is Darnell Wright. You know, and you know the way the way he has played this year and played tonight. I mean, I think that Olin. I mean, you have to say that it's starting. He's starting to play like the first round draft pick that he is, right? No doubt. Darnell Wright is, is playing at a, at a high level, and it's weird, right? Uh, you take a guy that high, I think the highest offensive lineman he takes is Jimbo Covert, and you see the way mm. they play. Strange <laughs> how that happens, right? So, <laughs> uh, yes, he's played well. He's been a linchpin for that offensive line this year. It's kind of like what we talk about with Montez Sweat. When you get a guy like that who can play at that level week in and week out, and credit the young man because he's a rookie, Pat, and we all know how hard that is. And he's played through some injuries. You saw him in that game with his shoulder barely using his left hand, but he still put himself on the field with his teammates. And he still worked through it. And, and, it, and right when, like Pat was just talking about, you expect the guy to hit a rookie wall. These rookies are getting better, guys. And it's, mm. it's, it's just interesting when you look at this film. And look, one win cleans up a lot of stench, right? And, yeah. But you got to talk about the guys who have been improving, right? We get, we get a performance tonight from Terrell Smith, fifth-round pick, right? Fifth-round pick out there on the field competing you're talking about the things Ryan Pose has done well but when Kevin Warren makes his decision guys on who stays and who goes he's got to get around the team and he's got to look at if these young guys are improving and getting better and if they are why are they and if they aren't why aren't they yeah it's a good reminder too that sometimes you just you have to let a guy develop and blossom and that's not the way business seems to be done in this world allowing a guy a little bit of space to improve but that is what's going down with Javon Dexter let us go back to the phones Sean in Romeoville what up Sean hi guys it's uh, an honor and a pleasure to talk to you guys Um, you guys have covered pretty much what I was going to 
talk about. So I guess I'll kind of make a comment and then just ask a question. Uh, my comment is I, I really, really hope that Kevin Warren um, is our Theo Epstein. And I'm sure everyone in Chicago hopes the same. But I'm really hoping for that. And you see how that turned out for the Cubs. Um, I know you guys don't like what ifs, but just please entertain me. And, Mr. Kutz, I heard you um, uh, praising uh, Sean Pate earlier. Um, it's just a what if. At this stage of his development, how do you think Justin Fields would look with a Sean Payton, a Mike Shanahan, or or um, or uh, a Mike McDaniel's at this stage of his development, or Kyle Shanahan? I mean, Kyle, right, right. We know what you meant. Yep. Yeah, you know, Sean, I don't think I I know exactly what you're saying, and that's why I pose a question of and he the the way they put the the offensive staff together. They have all young coaches, right? And they don't have this veteran guy who knows how to get a quarterback through a tough spot in the game or a tough stretch in his career. And, and I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he wouldn't be playing better under the guys you mentioned. These are the guys who are the best in the league at what they do. By that, I mean developing quarterbacks, right? Sean Payton has a long history of developing quarterbacks. Uh, uh, McVay, Kyle Shanahan, like they have a history of getting teams moving in the right direction and doing what it takes to win, teaching tame teams to win, and then getting your quarterback playing at a high level. Yeah, I just I, you said the answer there, Olin, is that they're elite coordinators, right? I think they're going to make everybody better. There's a reason why they've been in the league for a while, the reason why they're at their stature as, as far as head coaches. They've proven it as play callers, and they're proving it now as head coaches. So I think anybody you put in their systems are going to play better. And it's just unfortunate we don't have one of those coordinators here yet. Maybe we get that in the future. And it might not be good timing for Justin Fields. Maybe he does go somewhere else and get with somebody that knows how to use his skill set better. And, you know, I, I just I want that young man to be successful. I would rather him be here and be successful because you could build, if he is the franchise quarterback and can prove that, then you can build with those other draft picks around him and, and, and continue to make this Bears team better. But I think the answer is if you put anybody with those coordinators, they're going to play better. Yeah, I think that that's true, and th- that does go to the the higher point of if if they do decide to go in a different direction with head coach and the coaching staff and maybe even general manager and Ryan Poles, you just hope that business is not done the same way it has been done forever at Hallis Hall, and Kevin Warren has the key to that. Can you can you go get your Kyle Shanahan? Maybe you could go get Kyle Shanahan somehow. You know what I mean? Like something like that. And he mentioned the name Theo Epstein, and that's always a great comp because of what he did. Like who is your Theo Epstein, and I think that 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 Kevin Warren, you know, I don't think he's going to be the guy making the draft picks and scouting players and deciding which free agents to get, but he has the opportunity or may have the opportunity to go out and hire the best as opposed to taking unnecessary risks. Let's uh, go back to the the phones here, 312-644-6767, and Bill from Mount Greenwood. Bill, you're on the score. Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, great, great talking to you guys. Real quick story. I uh, coached at St. Xavier for 10 years in college, and we used to run our screen game, and we'd call um, our offensive line. I coached the offensive line. We'd call the Crutes play for Olin Crutes because Olin used to take his right hand when he'd snap the ball, and he'd take a good punch behind 
the Minnesota Vikings' big uh, defensive <laughs> nose tackle, 97. I can't remember the guy's oh. name. I think it was Thomas. And he used, to, he used to drive his head into the ground. So we use that, and we call that Cruz. We teach our offensive linemen the Cruz play in our screen game. And uh, I, I'm bringing that up because, um, number one, I'm a big, I'm a big Luke Getze fan. I watched a lot of him in the Senior Bowl working with these young college kids. And what he's done with Justin Fields. Now, tonight, yes, it was boring. He was throwing a lot of bubble screens, a lot of laser screens. But what he did, he completed 27 passes today. And the 27th pass of tonight's game was a third and 10 that put the Bears in a position to win the game, which they did. And that's what the kid needs. He needs to understand how to play NFL football, respect the speed of these defenders in the NFL, and use the screen pass as your weapon. This, this kid checks all the boxes as far as talented athlete, arm strength, can run. He's tough. Um, we, we watched Aaron Rodgers kill us in Green Bay with screen passes to Aaron Jones and to uh, Dylan and all these running backs over the years. Games just like tonight. Games just like tonight. There were a dogfight, one possession game going into the fourth quarter. And what did Aaron Rodgers do? He'd hit his skilled backs. When Justin Fields learns to use the, the talent around him to his advantage, he's going to be a dangerous quarterback in the NFL. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. Um, a lot there in terms of some of the things that that he was saying and going through and definitely not going to win over a lot of people and you're supporting Luke Getze. Wait, is he but... the only Getze fan in Chicago right now? <laughs> I think we just heard from the only Getze fan. That might be his brother. You know, uh, to, to, he, he makes good points, right? The offensive line guy, as I am an offensive line coach, and he screens getting the ball out in the club to the back of the head in case he's wondering. I still coach that. Um, yeah, that's what know, I wanted uh, to know about. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a little jump, twist, punch in the back of the head, get them going and, and get out in the screen. Make sure you run flat because you got to go to where the defender's going. But anyway, those are coaching points. But uh, to his point, the, the only argument I'd make against what he's saying is he is correct. That was the game that was going on today. I think it's important for all of us to understand that we're talking about two very different things. We know what it took to win that game today, right? We know that playing it safe, uh, they weren't scoring a lot of points. We weren't scoring a lot of points. The only thing I would say to you is this. If, if this continues with these screens and these small passes, and I think at one point we were averaging like 0.3 yards a pass down the field. I saw that on the screen, TV screen. Then they, if they have a high draft pick, they will draft a quarterback. That's the problem, right? Like that, That's what people don't seem to, seem to forget when we're talking about Justin Fields, we're talking about do we give him 50 million or we have the first three picks? Do we take a quarterback? Right. That that is what the discussion is. It's not whether uh, he did what he was supposed to do tonight. If Getsy called the play game, he was supposed to call tonight. Ryan Pose and Kevin Warren have a huge decision at the end of this year, and they have to make it. And you got to collect the information you need to make that decision. Before we take our final break, gentlemen, and I know that you guys both came up with the same answer on this, so uh, so Patrick, I'll let you do the honors, but let's let's do who's hot and who's cold. Sponsored by Plumbers 911 Plumbing Emergency. Call the plumbing professionals. Available 24/7 at 1-833-PLUM-911. What say you, Mr. Well, Manalo? what's going to happen, though, is Bill there, the last caller, is not going to agree with who we picked here. 
So oh, really? <laughs> no, because we have hot is Jalen Johnson. Uh-huh. He had a good game, right? And then the cold one is Luke Getze, but he thought he <laughs> thought he was hot. So not everybody's Nothing more I like than disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jalen Johnson, man. I mean, what a game! Interception. I know. Mm-hmm. I know that pick six. People will talk about. Uh, he <laughs> caused the uh, he caused the other interception to T.J. Edwards mm-hmm. uh, by his defense on on Osborne getting his hand in there on the ball. Uh, really, really, you know, tackling aggressiveness. Just a big time game by him. Absolutely. We'll squeeze in a few more of your calls coming up after the break at 312-644-6767. And we'll continue to break down this Bears win. Bears 12, Vikings 10 here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Dobbs protected and picked by Jalen Johnson. Johnson on the return will take it down inside the 40. And a takeaway for this Chicago defense. Well, that's a play Jalen Johnson couldn't make against Detroit that would have maybe won that ball game with a pick six, but he sure comes back off of this play and gets underneath the throw. Career-high third pick of the season for Johnson, about to be a free agent. Oh, and he should have had a pick six in the game, too. (laughs) Jalen Johnson with that Interception in the second quarter, one of four interceptions by the Bears defense. Jaquan Brisker, TJ Edwards, and Kyler Gordon had him as well. The Bears offense was as frustrating as could be tonight because they were not capitalizing with touchdowns after a lot of those important or all of those important takeaways. But Justin Fields did have a great play on third and 10 at the end, 36 yards to DJ Moore, who found the opening in the zone, and that allowed Cairo Santos to eventually come on to boot a 30-yard game-winning field goal. The Bears beat Minnesota 12-10. Time winding down here on our Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. So let us get back to the phone lines. Let's go to Al in Florida. Al, you're on with Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and me, Mark Grody. We've lost Al, and I was given a very <laughs> sincere apology for losing Al. Can we find Don? Can we swap out Al for Don? Don in Chicago. Hello. Hey, my buddy, this is the guy. Don, the what's nation. up? This is the guy that pick, uh, that uh, uh, the general manager is going to use North Carolina. I got it. Oh, yeah. Remember? Yes. So I do I remember. Love, I still I love my Ryan Post. I love it, the way he's doing it. So what I can think now is like maybe they can fire the uh, the offensive coordinator to have a good offensive coordinator and retain Eberflus. That's my thing. Retain Eberflus. Okay. All right. Um, Olin, what do you think about that idea? Retain Eberflus, get rid of Lou Getze. I thought that was People's Hernandez from the Shaft movie. You know, like, Ooh, I like <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing we've been talking about, right? It, you, don't, you don't know what to do where this offense is going. Sometimes Justin Fields looks great. Sometimes he looks like tonight looks bogged down. But, I mean, you can't put those two fumbles, as Pat mentioned earlier, on Getze, right? Coach Eberflus, I mean, he probably would need, I would imagine, to make decisions like that. He would need five more performances like we saw tonight from his defense to change the mind of people at Hallis Hall. Yeah, I'm just wondering if, if that is something that 
Eberflus would sell to Kevin Warren and, and Ryan Poles that, hey, listen, look at my defense. Look at my guys here. They're playing for me. Keep me here. I'll get you a new offensive coordinator, and here are some list of names that I know that I can bring in here that may be young and upcoming or somebody that's dynamic or whatever. I do wonder if that's something that he would sell. I think if you're in that position, if I'm in that position, I don't want to lose my job. You're going to try to figure out a way to continue you know, being the Bears – head coach. Uh, I don't know how much he is tied to uh, Luke Getze, but I could see that potentially happening. If you're, you're saying, no, I, I can, you know, I'm here in my second year. I'm still building this program. Maybe I do need to move on from my offensive coordinator and I can bring somebody in here, some names. Let's see what happens. Yes. If that I keep his job, is, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. That, that's, I mean, it, it's obviously the most important part of, of the Chicago bears yeah. organization still finding a quarterback, finding a representative offense. There's been, you know, a lot of defenses through the years that have been good and great and elite. Now it's still trying to find that the, the offense. So it's going to be very interesting when some of these things do start to, to come out. I don't want to get out of here, though, before one of you two explains to me how does that happen when the extra guy gets into the huddle? Where Where is the, the, the breakdown or the potential <laughs> of that breakdown? What happens? Olin, I'll let you take injuries, that one. Right? Like, like, like injuries will happen, and you don't know who's in and who's out, and they call a personnel, and someone thinks they're in the personnel, and maybe the, the guy thought he was up because there was an injured player, and now they're both in the huddle and there's 12 guys in the huddle. Before we go, man, Pat, how much did that game remind you of? I was just searching it up. September 24, 2006 in Minnesota when Tommy made that play. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Yes. I mean, that reminded me so much of that game where we weren't doing anything yep. on offense. And the deep, I think it was – I think it Tommy was – Tommy Harris, you're talking? Right yes. Yeah. It was like 6-3 at half. Right? Yep. Like it was <laughs> – the score was almost the same. Oh, yeah. yeah. You were just waiting for the defense to do something and Tommy Harris did. Do something. Yep. Yep. Tommy made Somebody. that play and we scored a touchdown. Yep. Somebody make a play. Well, guess what? It was Justin Fields that made a play. It was not an even game, but he made a play. That's for sure. The defense was making plays all night and into the fourth quarter, unlike last week. So there were victories within the victory tonight. The Bears do win 12 to 10. Olin and Patrick, it has been a pleasure, gentlemen. Have a great night. You too, Thanks, Mark. Brody. Thanks, man. Later, boy. Bring some great food for today's game download the aurelio's app and start earning rewards visit aurelio's.com excuse me aureliospizza.com to order from the location nearest you aurelio's pizza it's the sauce Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.